It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. Well, Angie, I looked at uh, Inman.com, a uh, popular real estate industry website, and they published a list of seven realities that buyers and sellers need to understand and prepare for in 2021. And I wanted to look at these realities with you to see if you kind of agree with them, if they apply here locally, and maybe just what else people should expect in real estate this year. That sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So their first takeaway or reality that we need to face is that uh, we're going to have low inventory continuing, high demand continuing, and multiple offers still the norm. So a seller's market's going to continue to be in place for the foreseeable future, they think. Uh, do you think that applies for our local area? Yeah, 100%. I foresee that happening, honestly, maybe even into 2022. You know, until something gives, and I think that something that needs to give would be interest rates, I think we will continue to be in this strong seller's market with low inventory and the high demand just because the interest rates are, you know, getting buyers, of course, excited about purchasing. Um, A lot of people are also refinancing. The interest rates are so, so low that it's just an amazing time to take advantage of the housing market because you will then have a lower mortgage payment. So, yes, I definitely agree with that. Another one of their takeaways for 2021 is that the market won't pay top dollar for overpriced or dated homes. I kind of read that when it was like, does it ever? (laughs) The the market is the market, right? Oh, right. You know, well, you know, actually, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the overall market will overpay, you know, for homes. Wait, am I reading that right? I think you're reading it right. I mean, I kind of read it as like, uh, if it's like, there's so much competition that people are willing to take an outdated home or a home with warts and, you know, fix it up themselves. So I actually, I I do believe the market actually will. And for me, it was like, it was tough to read this. So I actually think the market will pay, honestly, for dated homes and overpriced homes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see how one and two can both be, can both be true. Because if there's going to be such high demand and low inventory, people are going to be willing to buy homes with the warts on them. They will. They will. Right? And we are seeing also, you know, homes that out of the gates, they're overpriced, but still they go at that price, if not above, just because a buyer wants to be, I've seen that happen actually with a couple of homes in Durham that, you know, our buyers were interested in making an offer. We pulled the comparables. The home was already overpriced by like $20,000, but then here you go. Now there's multiple offers on it. So of course, when there's multiple offers, it's going above the list price. So you know, the, the market is overpaying for already overpriced homes and for homes with warts on them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's just a market we're in, you know, and um, yeah, that's what, what we're faced with. You know, buyers in this market cannot be picky, cannot be choosy, you know, but remember too, you probably will be overpaying in the moment, but the market's still appreciating as well. You know, the, the home sales prices are still appreciating. So very quickly, you could be, you know, making money off of the home you just purchased because of the quick appreciation, because of the, you know, continued low inventory. 
yeah, figured that'd be a good one to uh, to bring up and talk about on the show today. And uh, nice that we got a little disagreement. That's good. And yeah. uh, or at least maybe <laughs> a difference here locally compared to perhaps national perception. Yeah. Yeah, according sure. to this article, at least. And that's always good to do, yep. put things in the local perspective. All right, investors, now this is funny because then their next takeaway was investors, so it's a little bit different change here, will focus mostly on overpriced, outdated homes. And again, don't investors pretty much always put their focus in that direction a little bit? Like that's where the opportunities are. Well, no, because okay. this one I think is kind of tricking us up. It says investors will focus mostly on overpriced outdated homes. An investor never wants to buy an overpriced home. Yes, they're interested in outdated homes, maybe, so they can flip them, you know, and spruce them up and then resell. Um, And remember, there's always two types of investors. We have the investor who's looking for that steal, you know, maybe dated that they can flip and make some quick money off of, or they're looking to purchase to then lease and and rent out that property for more of a long-term investment. But, you know, I would never say that and investors' focus is on overpriced homes. You know, they actually are looking for those underpriced homes, which, of course, is very limited in our market. Most investors are needing to overpay in order to capture some, you know, inventory per se. But I wouldn't say that that's their focus. You know, who wants to overpay for a home? Yeah, that's a great point. So maybe it's just they're going to target them to then bring those prices down, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're buying overpriced homes. So I guess yeah, that, no. that one has some nuance to it. Yeah, I mean, right now is honestly not the most uh, popular time for investors in the market, right? I mean, who, if your goal is an investment, it's not a time to buy at the top of the market. Right. Buy low, sell high, not the other way around. Yes, exactly. All right. Transactions will be even more accelerated in 2021 as part of this uh, article that Inman.com produced, Seven Realities That Buyers and Sellers Need to Understand when preparing to be in the market this year. And this one was interesting. Um, They're saying that tire kickers have dwindled a little bit. So you have less people, probably a big part of the pandemic, you know, just not going in, just like casually searching homes. Everything's just kind of staying online. So you don't have a lot of that tire kicking going on. So you mostly have serious buyers out there. That's going to accelerate things a little bit. And that they're making decisions quickly. Mortgages are happening faster and their lesson to be learned is be ready to rock and roll once you step into the market because everyone else yep. that's there is there to play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and un- unfortunately, sometimes it's, you know, a hard uh, lesson to learn, even though we educate and we guide our clients on, hey, this is what we're seeing for, you know, offer prices, due diligence, due diligence timeline. You know, they don't always listen to us, right? And sometimes they have to be burned once or twice and lose out on a home before they understand, like, okay. You know, our agent here at Acol Realty was advising us properly. You know, it wasn't that they were just trying to get a quick sale. It's, hey, this is the market we're in. And if you want this home or a home that you love, here's what you need to do to make it happen. So, yes, I mean, so transactions, you know, are being even more accelerated as far as home goes on the market. You better get out there that day if you want a shot at it. It's a great point, Angie, and uh, yeah, it's a true one for sure. All right, leaseback is uh, something that will be more popular in 2021, and this is due to accelerated purchases. Uh, sellers might be scrambling and often wanting to rent back the property to help assist in the transition out of the home and potentially into their new home or into a temporary situation. And this could be advantageous for buyers because, hey, if you can be flexible on that, 
you might be very attractive to a potential seller. Yeah, you know, remember, for the most part, it the ball's more in the seller's court right now. You know, so a seller, it might be very attractive um, if a buyer is willing to work with them on a lease back. And what that means would be we close on the property. The seller now stays in their home for maybe, you know, a couple of extra days. I mean, who knows how long. And the buyer's willing to work with them. And the buyer honestly becomes like a landlord. The seller becomes the tenant. But, you know, if you are able to offer that as a buyer, that might be very appealing for the seller to pick your offer. You know, sometimes, I, actually, I have a friend who just is going through this situation right now. Although their offer price wasn't as attractive, and you can't disclose terms of an offer, but it was kind of shared with them that, you know, there was another offer that was a little bit more attractive overall, I guess. They didn't share terms. But because the buyer was willing to do or allow a lease back, it made more sense for the seller to move forward with them. So um, if you are in that position as a buyer that you can be flexible on move-in date, that could help you to win a property. And honestly, maybe even keep some money in your pocket as far as what you offer to the seller as far as a purchase price. Yeah, that's a great point. We did a uh, lease back when we bought our first home. And uh, it was a big part of the negotiations because we were asking yeah. for a really delayed closing. And then we, and you know, to kind of as part of the negotiation, they were saying, all right, well, we're willing to do that for you if you're then willing to let us lease it back so we can move directly from our, you know, current house to the one that they were building. And it worked yep. out, it worked out beautifully because we wanted to, to wait a little longer so we could save up more for the down payment. And they were very willing to actually delay a little bit uh, because they were in the process of finishing building their dream home. And uh -huh. they needed a few more months to finish the home. So it was like, oh, this is great. And then they were like, hey, yeah. can we rent it back for five or six days from you after the closing? That way we don't have to get you know a, a temporary couple of day housing situation or anything like that. And yeah. I just made it really easy for them and easy for yeah. us. And it worked out great. It took a little yeah. bit of the excitement out of it when you kind of close on the home and they don't get to go in it. But you know, ultimately, it actually, I think, was easier to do it that way because closing is a big deal. I mean, it's a, your adrenaline's pumping. It's a, it's a yeah. fun day. And then if you are moving in right away, like when we bought our current home, we closed. And then there was a little delay at closing. And so we ended up being late, being able to get back to our U-Haul. And move everything, and then we're moving that same day. It was just a lot to absorb mentally and physically that day. It's a little easier the first time around when we made the home purchase, and then it was just kind of like, okay, so in five days, I can wake up first thing in the morning, drive the U-Haul over, and, and that day is then all about the move and not about the closing right. and the move. So it, right, can work, right. it can work out well. It can work out. Yeah, nicely. yeah. No, and you know, as long as you trust, you know, that um, current seller keeps their home in good standings, and you trust yeah. that they will be fine to stay in after closing. I mean, it, it can be win-win for all. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was something I was nervous about at first, but um, you know, learning how it's it's a relatively common. Would you say that, Angie? Relatively common, common enough to where it's not a weird thing to have that happen. Yeah, I, I do meet with some sellers, and they mentioned, well, you know, we need a lease back, and I very am very quick to say, you know, don't expect for that to happen. You know, we're not going to turn away a buyer who needs to move in immediately when when they give an amazing offer price to you because you need that lease back. So don't expect that, you know, when it comes to, you know, the nuances of your closing. But yes, it is beginning to get a little bit more common, I would say. And knock on wood, I've never had any issues with it, you know, when a seller has stayed in a home and the buyer has allowed that. So it is common in the market, but I wouldn't say that it would be an expectation the seller needs to have because you could then, you know, kind of deter like a very strong buyer, potential sure. buyer for your home. 
It's just a piece of the negotiations, but like yep. most things, they shouldn't really be make or break things except for the the real big stuff. So exactly. keep keep that in perspective. All right, there are two more to hit here, Angie. 2021 Real Estate Realities. This one was listed as the fact that there will be appraisal challenges, that there is going to be an increasing gap between offer prices and appraised values. Uh, it might go up even more, that gap. And that creates problems for the success of transactions when you have a big difference between appraisal and um, and, the, and the offer prices. Do you see this locally? Did you see it in 2020 yeah. happen a lot? And do you think it'll happen in 2021? Yeah. I mean, we we definitely run into some appraisal issues. But, you know, I would say in the last, I don't know how, how long, last, you know, a few months, we have seen appraisers almost get on board a little bit more with where the market's heading. So appraisals are not coming in low as much. It seems like in the beginning, I would say, or, you know, kind of the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, it was appraisal issue after appraisal issue. But now we're seeing more just values coming in at the offer price or whatever the purchase price will be. So I think it's just, you know, there has to be closed comparables to support a value, but also, you know, with just the busy market, the low inventory, the demand, you know, I believe appraisers are being a little bit more lenient on the value they're giving on a home and they're supporting the value more. So yes, we are running into those hiccups some, but not as much, I would say, which is great because, you know, we have a buyer that wants a home, they've paid above the appraisal value. Well, someone needs to make up that difference, right? It's either the buyer coming to the table with extra money or the seller reducing the price. And in those scenarios, it's honestly, it's a lose-lose for both parties. You know, it's best if we come in at appraisal value, that means then the buyer is paying fair market value per se for the home. They're able to get the financing like they want. And the seller is getting what they had expected they would get for the home. So, you know, it, it is still an issue in our market, but I do see appraisers again a little bit more on board with, you know, where our market's heading. That's a great point, Angie. That's a good one. Uh, appraisal challenges uh, will be something to just problem solve around, nothing to be scared of, but to problem solve around in the new year. So keep an eye on that. All right. Last but not least, final one here, real estate realities for 2021. Markets will undergo major changes. So this one was interesting. And again, it's a national article, but they're saying a lot of articles that got inflated due to COVID in 2020 will cool off as the year progresses. And then it could be like some small market bubbles bursting, they say. Uh, maybe they got overvalued last year for whatever reason, and that they'll come back to normal uh, when the world, you know, kind of gets back to its normalcy, hopefully later this year. You agree with that? I, I don't know that I agree with that locally yet. You know, eventually something has got to give, right? But I, I just do not foresee that happening anytime soon. Like I said, I think previously, until we see an increase in interest rates, you know, that's not going to change. I, I don't see how it could change unless something very significant happens. Um, now, I do know with COVID, for example, you know, there are many individuals who have lost jobs, you know, so we might all of a sudden start seeing more foreclosures or short sales hitting the market because unfortunately they lost their jobs and unable to pay their mortgage payments. So that could help the overall inventory levels a little bit, but I don't see that there's going to be market bubble burstings anytime soon here locally in our market. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. 
listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.